Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Dialogical Humanism. <laughs> I, you know, I, I probably you should change the name Eric of this Here we go. We're going to send this one out to the old school. All these motherfuckers in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Staten Island, Queens, and all the motherfuckers that laid it down, the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Number love for the old school. That's what we're going to do this week. You feel me? For this very first episode of Dialogical Humanism, I will first be interviewing a close friend of mine. She is an incredible student who has just finished her third year at U of T, double majoring in psychology and health sciences with a minor in biomedical ethics, which she thinks nobody cares about, but I think is extremely impressive. Today, I will mainly be interviewing her about her experiences in the public school system here in the GTA, specifically in Ajax. Without further ado, Nora, welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Jan. How are you? That was an amazing introduction. <laughs> oh, no problem. Did I get it right this time? <laughs> Honestly, guys, we had to do two takes, but you got it on spot perfect. How's your morning been? I literally just woke up. I'm not even wearing pants right now, but I'm super excited to be doing this interview DJ Tixie in the mix. Yo, what about this mix? This the man that tell me nothing. As I've mentioned, the reason why I want to focus on education inequality in the GTA for today's episode is in light of the events that are going on right now at the Peel District School Board. And you mentioned that because you grew up in Ajax, you don't have that much familiarity with, with what's going on in Peel, hey? Correct, correct, correct. I've been here since like grade seven, so I'm not as well aware of what exactly is going on in Peel. More Toronto, I guess, but not exactly Peel. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy you can definitely enlighten me about Okay, cool. I mean, I guess that's the perfect opportunity to do a little bit of a TLDR. Um, what happened was I actually came across a Toronto Star article. Reading this article was really shocking to me because I think we perceive Canada as a place that is free of racism, that is relatively equal, and I would say that in certain privileged areas of the country, yes, we live in an almost utopic state but I also think that Canadians need to humble ourselves and realize that there is systemic and multi-generational racism and, and abuse that has been and is still affecting racialized communities do you have any thoughts on that Nora for now like we like you said we're under the misconception that okay because we live in Canada first world country like we've gone so far ahead but that simply isn't the truth Unfortunately, the color on your skin will dictate how teachers treat you. And that's just the bottom line of what the educational system is. From a young age, the opportunity you're given mm -hmm. from a young age of education, all the way up to your graduation. A lot of kids simply aren't motivated to go to school due to this discrimination against them, you know? Yeah. Very important. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with you. 
And that's exactly what this article reflected to absolutely everything you said. So I'll read you a couple things that they found in this investigation they did of certain high schools in Peel and how these students in Brampton are being treated. What they found is that indigenous, black, and gay students are all overrepresented in non-university courses and underrepresented in academic courses and special enriched programs. So that's a direct message to this community that they are somehow less intelligent than everyone else, which is obviously bullshit. Um, the next is that the review said, quote, too many educators and administrators do not have high expectations for black students, and they are by no means encouraged to realize their potential, unquote. Learning about things like this really breaks my heart because I don't think I would be where I am today if people didn't set expectations for me to rise up to without teachers telling me that I have potential. How about you, Nora? No, 100%. Just hearing that, it's actually so disgusting. I totally agree. I'm going to just read two more of the findings from this report and then we can get on to our interview. Quote, between 2013 and 2019, the Peel District School Board, or PDSB, recorded 52 incidents of suspensions at the junior kindergarten level and 103 at the senior kindergarten level. Black secondary school students are suspended at a rate twice what their numbers would warrant, unquote. And because you've had experience, Nora, working with younger children, I really wanted to get your opinion on the fact that so many suspensions are occurring at such a young age. I was shocked to hear this because, like like you know, I worked in the educational system for a while, and how are you going to suspend someone in kindergarten? Yeah, unless, yeah. Unless, unless they're really that harmful. We take simple things as literacy for granted, you know? Mm -hmm, but if mm -hmm. you're not that and exercise that component at a young age, stuff like that actually... So for some people, there are cases that they're never able to ever read again because they weren't taught that at a young age, you know? Mm -hmm, or they're mm -hmm. not able to like, speak because they weren't get like speak properly mm -hmm. because they weren't given the opportunity at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm continuing this wonderful interview with my friend Noura. Noura, I think you mentioned maybe you were the only Muslim girl at the time? Yeah, grade 7, I was definitely the only Shijabi. I think grade 7 and grade 8. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. in my school in Durham, I was the only Shijabi. And then even in Ajax High, there wasn't a huge representation of Muslims. I feel like, unfortunately, people of color or people that are discriminated against, they often feel like they have to overcompensate for who they are. Like, they have to go out and be like, okay, I'm not a terrorist. Okay, my skin is not yellow. Okay, I I'm not, you know, I'm not all the stereotypes that are projected onto them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would say to those kids, like, just be authentic. Don't feel like you have to explain yourself. You are now rapping. Okay, Nora, thank you so much again for doing this with me. I hope that interview was kind of fun. I actually feel like I'm being productive. Like, that's why I love even doing, like, the SWO tutoring and stuff, because I'm like...
My next guest for today's show, episode one, is my great friend named Ben, who I met in anatomy class this year. He attended Peel Elementary School and Peel Middle School, and he has an absolutely fantastic YouTube channel called Sir McDon, where he plays the steel drum. It's so fantastic. I'm going to play some of it right now, actually. <laughs> Yo, that beat drop went hard. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, that was actually the Thomas the Train theme song. I was wondering if you could speak to some of your personal experiences at Peel Elementary School and Peel Middle School that you mentioned to me in the past. Yeah, definitely. And I um, just want to say, like, after, you know, the review... Um, and the results came out and whatnot. I think for me, I'm not surprised at the findings because I've I've been experiencing it, or I had experienced it um, in my elementary school and my middle school years, um, and I, it wasn't a surprise to me. Like the example I gave to you, Jan, was I had this grade five teacher, and he was a long-term substitute teacher. He said to me and a bunch of students in the class, and actually I forgot to mention that this was a primarily black. Um, student body yeah. and he mentioned to us that oh you know you guys you know you don't have to worry about university because you have you should better it's better for you to go to college or trade school oh my God. you know what i mean and in grade five i mean you don't really know what's going on you just hit the teacher and you think oh, okay teacher said this i'm i'm like skipping home and telling my parents to go tell my parents like man my teacher says i don't have to go to university they were so mad, you know what I mean? Yeah. And these are the type of things that teachers like him are trying to reinforce in the students' yeah. um, minds, and that's really damaging. Another time, the yeah. same teacher, mm -hmm. he said to a white student in the class, he said to him, man, you shouldn't hang out with these kids because one day you'll end up seeing life behind bars. <laughs> so... like these you know Bro, what like, the fuck? It's, it's insane you know what i mean and another example i gave to you as well was an example from middle school i was the school president mm -hmm. for two years so i had a lot of ideas and whatnot you know mm -hmm. um for student engagement so one of the ideas i had was to have a career fair mm -hmm. and this career fair would i wanted to bring in um professionals for these students to me you know what i mean mm -hmm. this was a primarily black student body and you know I wanted to you know uplift students and give them a chance to talk one-on-one -on -one. I brought in nurses I brought in doctors but in other wow. um, medical and uh, hospital workers I brought in as well um, a crown attorney a justice of the peace yeah. um, engineers etc bro you did so, this um, in grade seven yeah that's in grade so seven, dope that's uh, amazing um, <laughs> no, no thank you and um but um the teacher who was in charge of you know, the, this is kind of the student council, um, the teacher who oversaw all that. When I proposed to her my idea and I 
sort of all the people I already started talking to. Yeah. With to invite to our school for the career fair, she was like, "Oh, you know, I think it would be better, you know, if you brought in more um, hairdressers, you know, more <laughs> construction workers and whatnot." You know what I mean? Oh, Obviously, like. There's nothing wrong with these jobs again. But yeah, of course not. Her, her mentality is to limit these students exactly. to, to exposure to these fields because that's all they can ever achieve to be. I was just wondering if maybe you want to speak to the difference between private and public education that you experienced no, definitely. Um, so I think I had a much better experience at UCC um, for many reasons. Um, I mean, for one, like in terms of opportunities, there was just a whole bunch of different opportunities there yeah. that, that I, I wouldn't have been able to um, receive back at my elementary schools. Yeah. But um, in terms of the treatment, though, um, definitely, I definitely enjoyed the treatment at UCC much better because, you know, the teachers believed in you. They really did, and they wanted to see you succeed. And you know, um, there was no, oh, you can't do this or whatever. Yeah. But, like you definitely had like a vested interest in students, and I just felt really, you know, wanted there. I felt like I was allowed to grow and learn mm-hmm. in an environment that was conducive to that. Yeah. I have to leave the public school system because of uh, you know the treatment that was going on. Humanism. I'm about to interview a close friend of mine. She attended Islamic school when she was younger, so she has had a rather positive experience with the school system in Toronto, and it definitely shows. She's currently just finishing her third year at U of T, double majoring in Soch and English. She's the co-executive director of her own nonprofit, and she's looking to do her master's of education. Kulsuma, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cool, Suma. So you mentioned that you actually haven't heard that much about what's going on at the PDSB, hey? No, I haven't, yeah. Okay, it's all good. That gives an opportunity for me to read a little bit more of this Toronto Star article that I found on the topic. I'm going to read you one statistic that they put in the article. PDSB suspension data lists 18 reasons for a suspension, including violence, drugs, vandalism, etc. But the 18th reason that they list is other. Strangely, in 78% of secondary school suspensions in the PDSB, the reason listed was other. And this is a very worrisome trend of discretionary sus- suspensions that really need explanation, according to the review. 
the fact that there's 18 different reasons that they could possibly choose from, like if they do give suspension, it's like there's a list of things. <laughs> and the choice is then other. It, like it begs the question, how come? Like what is it of this person that's caused them to be suspended? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's really unfortunate to think that it's probably just the color of their skin. I'm going to read you another statistic. It's about streaming or academic streaming which is another issue that's happening in the pdsb which i discussed with nora early on in this episode essentially what's happening right now is that disproportionately people who are black students who are, are muslim are disproportionately represented in applied streams versus academic streams at school and similarly in toronto lower income students are more than twice as likely to end up in applied level rather than advanced high school classes, which leads them to be underprepared for post-secondary education and less likely to graduate or consider college, which is why I really wanted to have you on the show today because, I mean, you're my peer here at U of T. We both study academics, and I know that the academic background that you had definitely prepared you for university. Would you <laughs> say the same? I think, yeah, I would. Um, with the point about academic streamlining, uh, I think I had somewhat of an experience with that. Mm -hmm. So because I, I did go to a Islamic school for, uh, for high school, but before that I was at a, um, a public school. And at this public school, I thought I was doing well enough. And by the end of the year, before you go to high school, your teacher decides for you whether or not you should go they give you a suggestion more than like uh, a decision, but it was whether you should go into, um, for math, for example, you should go into academic or applied and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And for both math and science, I remember getting applied and I looked at it and I'm like, I didn't think I would get something like this. And I understood the, like the brevity of like, if, if by grade nine, I chose to do applied in grade 10, I could only choose to, choose to do applied. In grade 11, it affected me, and then I wouldn't get into the programs that maybe I wanted to get into when I was in grade 8. I just think that there should be much more time dedicated for people to understand the, the situation and the, the choices that they make at such a young age do have an effect on what they would like to do later on in the future. Mm -hmm. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Just to reiterate what you said, I, I just can't believe that at the end of grade eight, one sheet of paper essentially dedicates the rest of your academic career. And a lot of these children are, you know, if there's discrimination at that time, then they're basically condemned to be in the applied stream for the rest of high school, which directly limits their career opportunities afterwards. Kulsuma, this entire conversation that we're having is just making me realize the importance of having influences early in life that help students accept their culture, their ethnicity, and be proud of who they are and learn what they deserve in the world. I remember you telling me once about an experience that you had as a young hijabi at school and how a teacher helped you feel more comfortable at the time. Would it be okay mm -hmm. for you to speak to that? Yeah, sure. It was, I think, junior kindergarten or senior kindergarten. My mom had um, put my hair in these puffs, these little puffs, and I had to wear my hijab over that. 
And I was fine the day of when I got to school. And then I looked at myself and I'm like, I kind of, kind of looks like a dinosaur. And I was kind of afraid that the students would like make fun of me for it. Aww. So the teacher called all of us to sit down on the carpet. And then I just ran to my cubby. I'm like, I can't face them. I can't, I can't have them call me a dinosaur girl. And I'm sitting at my cubby and another teacher came by and she noticed that I, obviously I wasn't sitting on the carpet and I was in my cubby and she came to me and she's like, Hey, what are you doing here? And then I was like crying. And I'm like, I don't want them to call me a dinosaur out there. And then she was also wearing a hijab. She's also a Muslim teacher. And then she looked at me and she's like, you have to be proud of what you have. And she's like, see, I'm wearing one too. No one's going to call you a dinosaur. But I was like, yeah, okay. And then she took me <laughs> out and she took me she took me to the carpet with the, where the other teacher was and the rest of the students in, my, in the class. And she's like, none of them were looking at me. And she's like, see, there's nothing wrong with you. Like, no one's saying anything. I think that experience was like, it was... I really liked having that and also now with wanting to be a teacher it's also like I would love to provide that for other people oh. you know especially with what you were talking about with the um, other school boards around uh, Canada and how there's like a lot of difficulty I feel like being that representation or being that person to help other people understand that they're not alone in this it's like yeah I think it's really important yeah. I know you're going to be an incredible educator when you grow up or get older. <laughs> so thank you so much. For Hopefully, sharing. yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, yo, you're already doing it. Like, you're already doing it. Um, do you have any, like, last words? Well, not last words. <laughs> no, no, ain't nobody dying on this podcast. Um, do, you, do you have anything else that you would like to say before I turn the recorder off? I'm just really excited to see where this goes. Hey everyone, this is your podcast host Jan. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and tuning in to our very first episode of Dialogical Humanism. In the little outro here, I want to give a huge thank you, first of all, to Noura Muhammad, Benjamin McDonald, and Kulsuma Afke, my incredible friends who were all featured on this podcast today. Thank you for your words of wisdom and for the courage to share your experiences to help us raise awareness for education inequality in the GTA. I also want to thank DJ Eric the Tutor and DJ Trixie for letting me use their fantastic old school hip hop mixes. I will have their social media linked on the podcast website and on my Instagram. Lastly, thank you for listening to this podcast dedicated to establishing a new normal.